Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. And this is part number two of Habits of Joy and how to keep stress in check in your life. And I want you to know that failure is not fatal. Failure should be our teacher, but never our undertaker. It should challenge us to new heights of accomplishment, not pull us to new depths of despair. From honest failure, we can find valuable experience, says William Arthur Ward. I want you to know maybe you're feeling like a failure on this Friday and you're wondering how in the world I'm going to find meaning and purpose in my life. Well, we can reduce stress and we can find purpose in our life. And we learned yesterday by first avoiding evil and replace that evil with good. And we learned secondly that we can also find joy by not placing confidence in our credentials. It's not what we do that matters. It's what Christ has done for us. You see, when we exalt ourselves, we rob ourselves of joy. Don't be the hero of your own story. That is a cheap imitation of the real joy that we can experience when we understand that we are acceptable not because of our accomplishments. We are acceptable because God loves us and created us in His image. Listen, you have God's approval based on faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And then thirdly, we learned to keep pressing on. Failure does not have to define you. Now, failure can rob us of our joy, but we don't have to be defined by our failure. Look what Paul said. We're in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, you know what? I haven't arrived. I haven't been made perfect, but that doesn't mean I'm going to quit. I'm going to press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. Now listen, don't let your past define you. Don't let that failure rob you of your joy. Uh, just last week, I heard an amazing testimony by a man who was serving the Lord, and he loved the Lord, had a godly family, a godly wife. He spent time in the Word. He spent time growing in his faith, but he faced an unexpected setback. His 20-year-old son unexpectedly died of a cardiac arrest while he was out playing basketball. Now, there were no hints that there were any problems uh, with his heart. He was in tip-top shape physically. He was an athlete, he was thin and in an excellent shape, but yet he's out playing basketball and he just passes out and they tried to resuscitate him, but, but he was gone. Uh, that led this man to go through a downward spiral and he got down into a pit and he got overcome with that, that sense of inadequacy and that sense of failure and he got upset with God and, and as a result, it caused him to live a life of sin where he went down a bad path and he was unfaithful to his wife and, and he was brokenhearted and he thought God could never use him again. He was overwhelmed with guilt and sorrow because of what he did. He knew better. We're not talking about a non-believer living as a non-believer. We're talking about a believer who knew better and messed up and messed up big time and had to deal with the feeling of guilt and failure. But I want you to know that happened 13 years ago. Now the Lord has restored 
this man's relationship with his family. God has restored this man and his relationship with God, and he'll do the same thing with you. You see, somebody said, mistakes are the stepping stones that lead to future accomplishments. Just keep on pressing on. Keep going in the right direction. Forget the past. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. We are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of our past, says Rick Warren. I want you to know, keep on pressing on. Failure does not have to define you. You will lose your joy if you get stuck on your failure. You will lose that ability to press on if you constantly focus on the past. Paul says, I haven't obtained it. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to keep pressing on. I know what Christ has done for me. I'm going to make my relationship with him real. Brothers, I don't consider what I've done. I don't believe I've made it on my own. But I do one thing. I forget what's behind me. There's another way that you can overcome stress. You live out what you already know inside. Let's look at verses 15 to 17, Philippians chapter 3. Paul is writing, he says, Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join me in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now, don't you love this? Paul is reminding us that if we are mature in the way that we think, in the way that we live, that maturity is given to us by God, and we're to hold on to that truth. Don't release that truth. Solomon says, buy up that truth. Hang on to that truth. And then he says, Imitate those who are keeping their eyes on Christ, those who are walking according to the example that you have. Now, this is such an important point. I want you to know that God didn't design us to walk the Christian life by ourselves. God intended us to walk in community. I spent probably 15 or 20 minutes uh, yesterday speaking with an inmate, and I invited him to come to church. We have services there at the institution. He said, I'm not coming to church. I said, are you a believer? He says, yes, I'm a believer. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I said, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, why don't you want to come to worship with other believers? He said, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. I said, well, come on and join the rest of the hypocrites. Paul says, I haven't arrived. I'm still pressing on. Furthermore, I said, it all melts down to this. It comes down to who are you looking at? Who are you following? Don't put your eyes on the person who worships Jesus at church and then cusses them out at work. Don't look at that person. Listen, the church is filled with them. And I told this person, I said, now listen, the church is a hospital for the sinners, not a showcase for the saints. God didn't design the church to be this place where you, you show each other off. No, it's a hospital. We're all at different stages of healing. I said, but if you look at the leadership of the church, The leadership should be mature. Paul talks about the maturity of believers. Those who are mature are the ones who are thinking like Christ. And Paul says, keep your eyes on them. 
Don't keep your eyes on the riffraff within the church because it's there. I mean, if the church is reaching lost people, I often remind my congregation of this. When you come to church on Sunday, hang on to your purse and hang on to your wallet. I don't know who's going to in the service with us. They might grab it. We have some people that are non-believers that come to our church. Uh, just last Sunday, we had one that was saved uh, in between our services. And then Wednesday night, we had somebody else, a couple that was saved on a Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, so when we think about how we can live out what we already know inside, Paul says, God has revealed some things to you. Focus on that truth. Also, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. So those who are following Christ, you follow them. Those who are not following Christ, you don't follow them. When you think about great people, there's this wheel of greatness, right? Those who are strong in their faith. Somebody says they have three components in their life. First of all, they have a strong belief. They have that confidence that they are genuinely born again. Maybe today the reason that you can't live out your faith because it's not inside you. You've never been born again. Now listen, living out the Christian life, it's impossible to do unless you're born again. Oh, you can try to do it, but you're going to be very frustrated because the dictates of living the Christian life is beyond human ability to achieve. Living out the Christian life is a life of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you got to have faith. Number two, you got to have a fire in your bones, right? Man, if God has saved you, then he has given you this enthusiasm, right? The word enthusiasm is entheo, God in me. If God is in me, there's a fire in my bones. Now, sometimes that fire gets a little bit uh, low. Uh, sometimes I lose a little bit of that zeal. But when I'm getting into God's word, I should have that fire rekindled in my life. And now what amazes me is many Christians I know, they're more excited about their football team than they are praising Jesus. They go to church and they get all upset if the church service runs five minutes over, but they don't get upset if their game goes into overtime. Uh, they, they'll stay watch a football game for literally hours. But man, heaven forbid uh, that, that the church service runs over five minutes. What, what happened to them? They've lost their fire. They don't have that fire in their bones. So you need faith, that strong belief in Christ, that enthusiasm, that fire in your bones. And then number three, you got to have focus. Focus is that ability to see what God wants you to do and to be able to focus in and to be able to set your laser on exactly what God has called you to do. So many people lack purpose. You think about coming to church. If you have the wrong purpose for coming to church, you're going to be greatly disappointed. You see, we don't go to church out of obligation. You know, the Bible tells us that we should go to church for the purpose of exhorting one another, especially as we see the day of Christ's return approaching. So I go to church not to receive encouragement, but to give encouragement. If you're only coming to church to receive encouragement, you're going to discover that you didn't get enough encouragement to get you through the week. But if you go with the mindset, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody, you will discover that your cup overflows. You know, the day that I'm recording this broadcast, I'll be going to the prison this evening and uh, we have a big volunteer appreciation banquet, and we'll have over 100 volunteers from St. Bride's Correctional Center 
and uh, Indian Creek Correctional Center will be gathering, and I got a delicious meal planned for them, and I've given them a little gift, uh, that uh, a token gift, a big coffee mug that says, we love our volunteers at, at St. Bride's Correctional Center and Indian Creek Correctional Center, and, uh, and then we're going to gather together to celebrate, right? And when we think about focus, I'm going to remind them the reason they come into the institution is to share the gospel with those men. And as they come and they share the gospel with those men, they receive a blessing in return. There's been many Thursday nights where I'm heading into the institution to do Celebrate Recovery. And I've got a team, four or five people from my church going with me every Thursday night. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'll get in there and it's like, oh man, I'd rather go home and spend the night with my wife, right? And uh, just hang out with my family and kick back in my recliner. And, uh, and I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? Especially when winter comes because it gets dark so early. And so it's dark when I go in there. It's dark when I get out of there. And I'm like, what in the world? Is then when it gets cold, right? Walking down the boulevard. And uh, I think the coldest place in, in all of Hampton Roads is walking down the boulevard of St. Bride's Correctional Center. You have this long, wide boulevard, and, and the wind just howls right through there. And uh, I'm all freezing to death. And I said, what in the world am I doing, right? Sometimes I'm tired, and, and I don't want to go in there because I'm tired. I said, man, uh, these guys won't even notice if I'm not there, right? But every single time I go in there, doesn't matter how tired I am, after doing an hour and a half of worshiping with those guys and, and, and doing a group with those guys and sharing God's word and, and the principles of the recovery with those guys, I always come out fully energized, empowered, right? That's what happens when we serve the Lord. So when you go to church, if you're going with a purpose or receiving encouragement, you're going to be disappointed. But if you will go this Sunday, Say, well, by golly, I'm going to find somebody who needs encouragement. Can I tell you something from a pastor's perspective? Every time people walk through that door, just them being there encourages me. You know, your pastor will preach a better sermon if there's a smile on the face of his congregation, if they're happy to be there. Oh, yeah, he'll preach better. He preaches better when you come and uh, and support him and encourage him. And uh, he's trying to encourage you. Uh, listen, he's giving everything he's got to encourage you. You spent the whole week putting a message together, and you might not think it was that much. You don't think it's that great of a sermon, but if you encourage him, I promise you, he'll be a better preacher. He'll have a more meaningful message for you. Just go with that mindset of encouraging him. Say, Pastor, that was a great sermon you gave today. I appreciate you preparing a delicious meal for us today and getting this message together. You know, there's a great ministry and encouragement. So Paul says, live out what you already know. Number five, when frustrated, keep the end in mind. Let's get back to our text. Philippians chapter three, verse number 18. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their goal is their belly, and the glory is in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him 
even to subject all things to himself. You ever wonder why people just drop out? Paul says, man, I want to tell you this with tears. They have become enemies of the cross of Christ. And how did that happen? Uh, They were basing their faith on their end destruction. Their God was their belly. They were driven by the lust of the flesh, and they glory in their shame. They had their minds set on the things of this earth. You know, somebody told me one time that we're not really human beings having a spiritual experience. We are really spiritual beings having an earthly experience. This earthly experience is temporal. The soul, the real part of you, is going to live on forever. So when frustrated, keep the end in mind. Our citizenship, Paul says, is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to transform these lowly, broken-down bodies to be like His glorious body. How does he do it? By the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. So here's some words I think that will encourage you. You've made some good progress? Well, keep going and help others. You have processed through some good thoughts? Well, keep thinking maturely and help others. You have followed a good example? Well, keep on following and help others others. You know, I don't know how often your church celebrates the the Lord's table, but I always find uh, such encouragement when I celebrate the Lord's table. You see, the Lord's table is a reminder of what Christ has done for us. That's what 1 Corinthians 11.25 says. Do this in remembrance of Christ and what he's done for us. You know, the Lord's table is also a command. As often as you eat and drink, you do remember the body of Christ. We're commanded uh, to observe this ordinance. Did you know the Lord's table also is is something that is real tangible, right? I think we need tangible things to remind us of what God is doing spiritually. I mean, Jesus often would speak using parables. He would take something that is tangible, like soil that you can get your hands on, and, and he'd talk about the different conditions of the soil to teach us how our hearts can be different levels. The Lord's table is a reminder of a tangible way of reminding us of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. And then it's very personal. We always take time to do reflection. During the time of communion service, we say, let's pause for just a moment, do some personal reflection. The Lord's table is also a confession of our faith. It reminds us that we believe that Jesus died, that he spilled his blood on our behalf, that he was buried and that he rose again. It's also a proclaiming of our faith. We're told to do this until the Lord's return. You know, the neat thing about doing the Lord's table is uh, this is one of the the things that we can only do on earth. You know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to have the uh, communion. We're not going to have baptism. These are things that we can only do on earth, because when we get to heaven, 
we're going to celebrate not the Lord's table. We don't have to remember his death, burial, and resurrection because we're going to remember the celebration. We're going to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. Oh, I can't wait to go to heaven and celebrate with all my brothers and sisters in Christ and all those who have gone on before proclaiming the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. When I think about the Lord's table, we were made worthy because of Christ. And when we think about the Lord's table, we're not to disregard others, we're to wait for one another. The Lord's table is not to be combined with any other pagan celebrations. Uh, uh, The early church was guilty of doing that. Uh, So Paul had to correct them on that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When we take the Lord's table, we shouldn't be flipping about the Lord's table. We ought to be understanding that it's a time to pause and This is an important time. Uh, This is a sacred time. It's a time of self-examination. And when we think about the Lord's table, not taking the Lord's table uh, should actually lead to discipline. Uh, So today I want to remind you that God has given you some wonderful opportunities to be involved in overcoming anxiety. If you will take these habits of joy, avoid evil, Replace it with good. Focus on the good. Listen, whenever you see something bad happen, there's always good somewhere there. Whenever you see something tragic happen, God always raises up somebody who's going to do good in the midst of tragedy. So avoid evil. Rejoice in good. Secondly, place no confidence in your credentials. I guess we could put it this way. Get over yourself. You see, self-exaltation robs us of our joy, because when we're exalting ourselves, it seems like nobody will appreciate us quite as much as we appreciate ourselves, and it actually cheapens the confidence that we have in Christ. You see, I'm acceptable because of what Christ has done for me. And then number three, when we think about overcoming anxiety, there's this temptation to quit but keep pressing on. Even when you failed a few times, failure does not have to define you. You know, failure can really rob you of your joy. That's why Paul says, yeah, I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep on keeping on. Now, mistakes are going to happen, but these mistakes are not going to hold me back. Uh, These mistakes are stepping stones that will help me to, to go down the path toward future accomplishments. And then number four, live out what you already know inside. Yeah, let's live it out. Let those of us who are mature think this way. If in anything else you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. So hold on to the truth that you've obtained. Keep living out that truth that you have inside. That's why you've got to hide God's word in your heart so that you might not sin against God. Brothers, join me in imitating me and and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. And then number five, whenever you get frustrated, and it may happen often, keep the end in mind. You know, those who who accomplish much realize that that when they set out to do something, they got to keep the end in mind. They start with the end, And then they fill in the steps to get to the end. Well, it's been a great week. It's been an amazing week. And I'm so glad that you joined me 
and it's Friday afternoon, and, and I know you got a big weekend planned. Well, why don't you this weekend plan on coming to Hickory Ridge Community Church at 9 o'clock or 1045? Same service, done twice, just because uh, we can't fit everybody into in the one service, so we do two. And, and uh, during our second hour at 1045, we have a youth Sunday school class in both services. We have the opportunity for you to have your children in our nursery or our preschool, our Elevate, which is our our junior church program. Man, I would love to see you this Sunday. So why don't you come on out to Hickory Ridge Community Church. We are at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Now, one of my guys reminded me that no matter where you live on the south side, you can probably get to Hickory Ridge Community Church in about 30, 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes max, okay? So come on out and worship with us. We would love to see you. We will celebrate with you. And when you come, I'd love to shake your hand. I'd love to meet you in person. Uh, Many of you I've met through text messages. Man, I'd love to put a face to the text messages that you're sending me. Well, God bless you for listening. Now, if I can pray for you, would you shoot me a text message? 252-267-2365. And I will pray for you. And our prayer team will pray for you. You're welcome to keep that prayer request anonymous if you choose to. But we believe in the power of prayer. Every Thursday morning, 5 a.m., we are praying for all the requests that come in. Now, this morning, I had three pages of prayer requests that we just went through. So we're praying for you. God bless you now. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.